Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. But he's good. And that's not just a phrase. It's the truth. Yeah? He's doing amazing things. And uh, don't you just love the season that we're in? All right. We've been sharing uh, the last number of weeks. We've been digging into something of our, our heritage, something of our inheritance. We use that passage from Isaiah 51. Look to the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were hewn. And so we were looking at the, the things that have shaped our spiritual journey together. And, you know, when you know what your roots are, it will impact the fruit that you're heading for. Mm -hmm. Because we're called to live fruitful lives. So what is it that we're actually wanting to see more of? And uh, so it's good for us just to take time to go and examine our roots. And for, for some of us in the room, we've been here for a long time. And for others, you're somewhat new to the journey in, in the Breakthrough family. And we love that you are part of the family. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people were worried, concerned that uh, the, the lockdowns were going to cause the church to shrink. In actual fact, the church is growing. Mm -hmm. And if you're visiting, you're part of that growth. Yay. So we're really excited that you're here. But we would love for you to actually catch up and, and get an understanding of why we do some of the things that we do. And, you know, when, when you've got an understanding, it makes so much more sense. And you're not just doing something blindly, like just following the herd. It's kind of like, no, it comes out of conviction, not just out of, hey, I'm trying to fit into this crazy bunch here. So digging into our roots, so to speak, is going to be really beneficial for every single one of us. For those of us who've been around for a long time, it's a timely reminder of our heritage and what are the things that we're actually wanting to go after. That we don't neglect the things that actually are valuable. And for those who knew, it's kind of like, okay, great. I get the spirit of acceleration and I get to catch up with where everybody else is so that I can keep running forward. I don't have to lag behind. So everybody gets to benefit. Okay, we've been sort of meandering a little bit over the last couple of weeks about pursuing the presence. And, you know, I've tried a couple of times to get after this. The one Sunday, about a month ago, actually there was, there was no preaching at all. Amen. Yeah. And the goal is not no preaching. All right, 
because it's spirit and word. All right. Um, and it's not because, you know, I haven't got anything else to do and, you know, I'm trying to earn my salary by, you know, talking to you. No, it's that when we encounter the living word, transformation takes place. A reformation on the inside takes place. All right? And so we, we, we give ourselves to the spirit and to the word. But what's been happening is that the Holy Spirit has been moving powerfully to validate this message that's coming out of the Word. So that this is not just something that we're sharing as a theory, but we actually get to experience it, to live it out. This is not just something from way back when. It's a milestone marker, you know, like we set it up as a memorial. And we're always looking back. Guys, I'm not interested in that. We have, we have memorial stones, and the people of God had this all the time. They would set up memorial stones that they could remember what the Lord had done. Right? So that the people would know, this is our God, and He is the one who continues to do these things. So it's good to look back, but not that we're always looking back. It's a reminder, okay, if God did it then, he can do it again, and he's probably going to do it soon, again, for us. Yeah? This is not just about you know, a previous generation that they once had revival. You know, that, that they experienced an outpouring of the Spirit that was kind of like phenomenal, that blew their minds, that we always look back to, wow, wasn't that amazing? It's kind of like, no, no, we're looking forward to, Lord, when you come and you do that among us, this is going to be our testimony too. And in fact, all the good that they lived in, we currently live in. This is the beauty of the kingdom. All right? I'm interrupting my sermon now. When we experienced the, the realization that God wants to heal people today, yeah, not the, not the you know, the kneel at the side of your bed and say your prayers at night, Jesus, would you heal all the children in the world? Come on, you got your holy Sunday go to church face on. You remember we used to pray those kind of generic prayers. It's just big wafty prayers, but there was no faith and there was no, it wasn't anchored in anything. And we certainly weren't expecting God to heal anybody like immediately, dramatically, in the here and the now. It was this sort of vague generality kind of a prayer. And then it was kind of like, okay, we can trust the Lord for headaches or for flu. Remember those days? Remember those days when we used to be able to 
trust the Lord to heal people from flu-like viruses? Just saying. And then we began to see the Lord heal people from pain and, and all kinds of things, and then cancer and HIV AIDS, right? So every sort of step in the journey, as it's as though we went up and higher and further, everything that we trusted the Lord for in the past stayed with us. It's kind of like, okay, he only heals cancer now. Headaches, sorry, that season's over. You just got to keep your headache. No, we brought that with us. It's been a spiritual investment, if you like, that we still have. We have that authority in God. We hold the ground. We don't lose it. We hold the ground, and then we take more. Are we, are we on this? Similarly, when, the, when there were outpourings of the Holy Spirit and God would come and visit his people in, in phenomenal ways, that's not just for something back then. Every single one of us has access to those things now. The enemy would have us believe, no, no, that was just for a previous generation when God was doing amazing things, but he's not doing amazing things anymore. No one's amazed anymore. Nonsense. We, because of the new and the living way, as Hebrews puts it, I just love that phrase. I use it often. We have access to all the things that God has already given to us and to previous generations, we have access to that. But some of us have forgotten the way home, in a sense. We've forgotten the path to actually go and access those things. Put it to you this way. When you were a child, you knew where the pantry was. You knew where the cookies were. And if you had permission, you could go and you could help yourself, right? And when you were a teenager, then it came to, you know, like make your own breakfast. You can relate? Yeah? And you knew where to go. You had access to it. All right? The pantry was yours. As a young adult, it's kind of like you getting the cooking process too. In fact, you're on duty tonight. Okay? And then you move out of home. Perhaps you get married. You have your own home. But guess what? When you go visiting back at your parents' home, you still know where the pantry is. And you still know where they keep the cereal. Because it's in the same container. Hmm. 
In the 1960s, late 60s, early 70s, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was known as the renewal movement, the charismatic renewal. And there would be times when believers would just worship the Lord for ages and ages and caught up in the splendor of the Holy Spirit and then break out into singing in the language of the Spirit. As per 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I will pray with my mind and I will pray in the spirit. I will sing with my mind. I will sing with the spirit. Oh, so we can pray in tongues and we can sing in tongues. That's part of what was happening this morning. There would be times when there would be long extended waves of just singing out loud as a congregation and the Holy Spirit himself was the conductor. And there would be this glorious harmony as everybody in tune to the Spirit was lifting up a new song. It's that ancient biblical instruction, sing to the Lord a new song. In other words, make it up on the spot as you go. Mm-hmm. Now, for some of us, that's way back over there in the pantry. And we haven't gone and accessed that pantry for a very long time. But we were there. That's where we grew up. Oh, no, you see. Uh, I'm all grown up now, you know. I don't eat cookies anymore. Shame on you. No, no shame. But, but come on. It's part of our roots. It's part of our inheritance. It's our heritage. It's a treasure. It's ours. Come on, let's lay hold of us. They're not offended, they're on duty, it's okay. <laughs> you just got to explain, because some people don't know what's going on in the family, you know. They say, oh yeah. <laughs> Where are they going? Why? Well, I got. Well, yeah. You see, the reason that Lisa and I moved continents when we were early married wasn't for a job, although I had a good job. wasn't to go for the Olympics, although it was great. It was an Olympic city when we went. And in fact, the Olympic torch came on our very road that we lived on. 4895 Butner Road, College Park, Atlanta. We didn't go 
to go for a career, although I was doing pretty well in the IT industry. We didn't go to escape what was going on in this nation. We went because we'd seen something. We went to go and learn because the people leading the church that we went to go and be a part of, the Millers, they'd been part of seven revivals in South America, in Argentina. Where, where cities had been changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. How the encounters with the angelic were extraordinary. And how they learned to engage with the presence of the Lord in worship. And that's why we went. Our son David was born shortly after we arrived there. That's why he still talks funny. And uh, I'm going to be in there a short while and he said, okay, next Sunday you're up, you're leading worship. It's kind of like, whew, never led worship before. But we went there to go and learn and they said, right, the best way to learn, deep end. They didn't explain that to me, they just threw me in. <laughs> Trying to be sensitive to the flows of the wind of the Spirit. Lord, what are you doing in worship? We're here for you. The real reason we went in 2008 to a small little town in California called Reading. Small town. Less than 100,000 population. Nazareth? Can any good thing come from Nazareth? And from this town, this region was known as Poverty Flats. That's what its name was. It's nicknamed Poverty Flats. And in the middle of Noeville, God pours out His Spirit. And we went there because of the presence. Hosting the presence. Seeking the presence. We got a whole lot of other things too. But the reason we went was because of our hunger, passion, desire for the presence of the Lord you know I had a lovely sermon for you five minutes let's see what we can do Adam and Eve experienced the near presence of God in the cool of the evening. Yes. God is everywhere, all at once, all the time. Theologians say he is omnipresent. 
Yes. God's presence is everywhere. Whether they go to the highest of the heavens, the depth, you there. There's nowhere I can go to escape your presence. But God's close presence, his manifest presence, when he shows up, that's manifest means to show, to reveal. So when God reveals himself in a very particular way, like he did with Adam and Eve, they could even hear his footsteps walking in the garden. Yeah? This is Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. So there was a difference between God's general presence and his specific presence. Yeah? So Jacob, the same guy who had all those wages tests, yeah, as he is busy fleeing, he's heading into lockdown. He has a God encounter. And he puts his head on a pillow. You'll find this in Genesis chapter 28. Puts his head on a stone Use that as a pillow. It's kind of like, yeah, these oaks were tough. <laughs> anyway, so he has a dream, and in the dream he sees a stairway, and God is at the top. And he sees angels ascending and descending. And he wakes up, he says, God is in this place. God is everywhere, but there's something special about this place. And then he sets up an altar and he worships the Lord. And God says to him in this encounter, same blessing and promise that had been given to Abraham. Remember, God calls Abram, and he says, listen, come out of where you are, I'll give you a new land. And I'll bless you, and you will be a blessing to all nations. And you'll have plenty of children. Isaac has a God encounter, they're going into famine. And he reckons he must head to Egypt. Which is the equivalent for us of going to... Pick a country. And God says, whoa, stay. In this place where you think it's famine, I will care for you. I'll prosper you, I'll bless you, and repeats the same promise that had been given to Abram. And the manifestation of that was he sowed time of famine and he reaps a crop a hundredfold. The other dudes, not so much. But him, why? Blessing and favor from God on him. And that same promise then comes, that's in chapter 26 of Genesis. Now in chapter 28, same promise. I'll bless you, take care of you. And Jacob, he's so moved and stirred, he says, and I'm going to give you a tenth of all that I have. Revival often releases generosity. It's an amazing link. I mean, because we know from Malachi, bring 
the tithe, I will open the, I will open access to heaven. Come on. Oh Lord, we want revival. Great. Would you like to open the window? Yes. How do we do that? Tithe. That window is a two-way. Listen, I'm not trying to get your money. We're not trying to get your money. There's something about when we honor the Lord with all that we are. And probably the best way to get our hearts is to get our wallets. That's a sermon for another day. He says, says Isaac, sorry, Jacob, had this dream, this ladder, the stairway, not ladder, stairway. And in a sense, there's prophetic shadows of when Jesus, in John chapter 1 and verse 51, and he says, wow, one day you will see the angels ascending on the Son of Man. Jesus is that ladder, that stairway to the Father. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's through Jesus we have access. So Jacob is saying, wow, God is in this place. He's experiencing the near presence of the Lord. Can I have five more minutes? That'd be all right. God encounters Moses in the burning bush. I mean, God shows up in an unusual way. Fire. Fire. Later we're going to see there's a pillar of fire as they're going through the wilderness. We're going to see that fire falls on the altar when the tabernacle is, is dedicated. We're going to see fire on the altar when the temple is dedicated. We're going to see fire fall on God's people on the day of Pentecost. God shows up in fiery ways. And sometimes when we gather together and the Holy Spirit comes, people feel a heat. They feel an intense fire, like a burning sensation in their bodies. And they're going, like, I'm on fire. Yeah? Sometimes when we pray for people for healing, there's a heat in their, in their body. It's like the fire of God coming. Yeah? This is not just weird stuff, people. This is God stuff. This is stuff right through the Bible. When God comes, when His presence comes, unusual things can happen. A bit like wanting to shout and scream. 
These are long-standing biblical ways in which God shows up among his people. And when the fire of God comes on you, man, you want to run around trying to kind of poof, cool down or whatever it is. Yeah? Say, Lord, send the fire. Hmm? Azusa Street, 1906, fire filled. They literally, the children, the children in the neighborhood there, they would only go to church, the building, when they saw the angels come down like a fire. Are not my servants flames of fire? Speaking of the angels. So the kids would be playing in the yard, whatever it is, and when they saw fire come down on the building, they'd say, okay, now it's time, we'll go. Sometimes they would call the fire brigade because people saw literally tongues of fire on the building. And when the fire brigade came, it's kind of like just people worshiping inside, no physical flames. Okay. Sometimes when God comes, it breaks the thought patterns of rational, logical thinking. How can fire come rest on the heads of the 120 in the upper room? What did that look like? It's been a bit weird. Dude, your hair's on fire. Don't worry about me. Worry about yourself, man. Okay. We have experienced these things. It's in our pantry. And you know what? It is still happening among us in these days. A few weeks ago, one of our guys, he loves wearing jackets in here. He's going, oh, Lord, just touch him. Jacket off. Come on. Fire. Okay. It's kind of like, I think it was like unusual for the guy. I don't think he'd ever experienced it before. He said, it's okay. This is a safe place for fire. We can play with fire in here. This is a safe place for fire. God is still doing these things. Now we're not running around being careless with this or being silly or stupid with this. We never... Hmm. Never touch his glory. Never. Don't touch his glory. It's with fear and trembling that we honor him. With all we bow before him. For our God 
is a consuming fire. But nevertheless, we say, Lord, send the fire. Send the fire. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing among us. Thank you that you're causing us to hunger for more of you, to experience the reality of your presence. Not that this is just something we've heard about from long ago, but this is something we live in authentically in our day and in our time. Lord, let this house be a place of your presence. Let your glory fall. Let your fire be upon us. Come Holy Spirit. I'm asking, touch your people again. Thank you, Lord. So as we go from this place, Lord, we know your presence is with us. You said, I will never leave you, never forsake you. So thank you, Lord. It's not just about a building. It's about being in you as we build our lives in you and on you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Peace and joy, provision, protection, love, all the good things that the Lord has for you be yours. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you.